Hey everyone, welcome back to One of Vibes. I'm Abby. I'm Lisa. Jinx. You're so used to saying it that I just like took it from you. No. Sorry. It's okay. So on today's episode, we have Caitlin Gehring. She's an intuitive astrologer. So she uses different philosophies within astrology and sort of uses her intuition to figure out which practice is going to be the best fit for the person that she's reading for. She does birth chart readings, moon readings, tarot readings, and she's insanely talented but also like so relatable which I think we both really gravitated towards her for that exact reason and this interview was just ridiculously amazing it was so easy to talk to her and so much so to the point that both Abby and I followed up and made an appointment with her to both get our birth charts read and it really blew my mind same and same. And I think that what's interesting about astrology, and I know that Issa and I had talked about this a little bit, is that I think it gets really brushed off. And I think that there's a lot of misconception around it. And it's sort of everywhere, right? Like you pick up a magazine, there's your your um, horoscope or like the New York yeah. Times and your horoscope. And then fucking every single goddamn website has your horoscope. But what is it really founded on? And after talking to Caitlin, what I really realized was that of all of the different sort of mediums that you can use to analyze your sort of self. Um, it feels like astrology when done correctly is the one that it's super rooted in science and math. And it feels very tangible when done correctly. Exactly. It's not all about um, crystal balls and like really beautiful, I don't know, scarves and shit. Like that's what I think. <laughs> A lot of candles and scarves and incense. <laughs> And like, that's not what it was at all, though talking to Caitlin was just like really relaxing. And also essentially she was just telling us about ourselves yeah, and, or asking us in a way like how the, our readings, the time that we were born and where our planets lie on the map, like really, how did that affect us? Like she would ask right. questions. It wasn't so much she was telling us about ourselves. She would ask a question. She would say, your moon is in... Gemini, and this means this, 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 and this. Does that right. ring a bell to you? And you could say yes, yes no, if it does or if it didn't. But for me uh, and for Abby, I can say I'm pretty, it was spot on. Yeah. And I, I also thought it was really interesting because my whole life, like I'm a Pisces, that my birth sign is a Pisces. My whole life, one, I've never resonated with the um, sort of description that a Pisces is, if you will, which is really emotional and intuitive and, and kind of like airy and stuff like that. Um, and I found out that's because my moon is in Capricorn, which completely like not negates, but like equalizes those two right. um, signs. And so I'm much more Capricorn than I am Pisces, which is your moon sign is like your, 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 character like that's how you come across so just because your your birth sign is something doesn't mean that that's who you're going to identify with the most closely and I also took it to the point where I wanted to better understand my relationships like in my life mm -hmm. and I started analyzing those birth charts too and when you talk to Caitlin she gives you like legit like a graph like how would you even explain that thing it's like yeah she shared her <sighs> with us of our birth chart reading so it almost looks like a pie, right? And it has all the astrological signs around it. And then it's locating like where your moon is and where your sun Wild. is. And, you, and she would project it onto the screen while she speaks to you. And she's circling what she's talking about with you. Yeah. So you don't feel like, 
you're literally in the dark where she's just telling you, oh yeah, your moon's here. And you'll be like, I don't fucking know. Like if you don't see it, since it's projected on the screen, you have something tangible to look at, to understand. And it, it was just, it made me feel sure of what I was seeing. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't something like in the dark about it. So it was really cool and it was really fun. And I, I learned a lot about myself also. Like there's like earth, wind, fire, whatever, right? Air. Air. Earth, wind, fire. You're right. Water. Earth, wind, fire, water. Oh, yes. Aguida. So, <laughs> but it was funny because she says to me, you have a lot of signs in your fire. So I had like five, whatever, you know, like astrological signs in my fire. And she's like, do people say to you either A, when they first meet you, you seem really mean or B, that you're really intense when they first meet you. And I'm like, I get both. Both, like it was crazy because that's literally my life. Either people like I thought you were such a bitch when I met you, which first of all, why? And then second, really. And then the other one was, do people say you're really intense? And I've gotten that so much, even just over the last year. Like Isabel, you're really intense, and I'm like, oh, I just got a lot of love to give. So I guess. Well, that being said, we want to say a huge thank you to Caitlin for coming on the show. Um, You can find her at CaitlinGaring.com. That's C-A-I-T-L-I-N-G-O-E-H-R-I-N-G.com. Um, or you can find her on Instagram at Kate Gare. That would be C-A-I-T-G-O-E-H-R. We're going to link everything in the show notes. She's also offering 15% off readings for one of my listeners. So if you do go and get read, just let her know when you reach out that you found her through us and she'll um, give you a little disky. So we hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed having the conversation. Absolutely. And we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Wanna Vibe is a podcast and resource speaking simply about all things wellness. We want to break down each topic and start from the beginning, avoiding the assumption that everyone knows the building blocks to a particular subject. The way we see it, wellness is all encompassing of each aspect that affects our everyday lives. In addition to our faves like fitness and nutrition, This could mean anything from relationships to careers, finances, spirituality, and so much more. We are Abby and Issa. Want a vibe? Can we talk really quickly before we record about how fucking amazing your hair is? Yes. (laughs) When I saw your picture, when I saw the headshot you sent, I was like, yes, okay. No, like, I live for curly hair, but like, your hair is so shiny. I don't think I've ever seen hair of your texture that's that mm-hmm. shiny. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I've been I think like that you messing should... with it and doing all kinds of different things and it's finally hit a different stride lately. It feels good. I think these, <laughs> oh good, you're recording because I want to get this on for our curly haired listeners. What products are you yes. using? What does your routine look like? Mm. Okay. So right now my routine looks different just because I don't have all of my products with me since I've been moving, mm-hmm. but I've been using, um, I co-wash. So I use all conditioner in my hair and then I comb it while it's in the shower and then just rinse it out. So I don't use shampoo in my hair. I only use conditioner and that alternates depending on what it is that I need. But the conditioner that I use is usually moisturizing right now. I think I'm using, um, all buzz brand, um, like their coconut moisturizing conditioner. And then I deep condition like once a week with like a protein mask. And I really love Shea Moisture's protein mask for it. And then um, I'll use a different like cream or gel afterwards, just depending on like what I'm trying at the time, what my hair is liking. Um, And right now I'm using 
Pacifica's Curly. It's like, it is, I think it's literally called the gel cream. Um, it's in like a pink tube, but Pacifica is like this natural curly hair care brand. It's great. Cool. You guys. It looks so good. hair. I wish. Thank you so much. I mean, you'll see when we post your, your photo on our um, Instagram and stuff, but like, dude, your hair is so amazing. So with that being said, we have Caitlin Gehring on today, intuitive astrologer, mind, body, wellness practitioner, um, also certified life coach and holistic nutrition specialist. And you have a VA in sociology. Is that (laughs) enough things? I think you need some more education. I think Um, so too. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much yeah for, thanks for being here or um, on the phone here yeah virtually here. virtually here, being absolutely with us. absolutely thank you guys for having me I'm stoked to be here with you where I know Issa is the excited about talking about all of the astrological things today because I don't yes. really like I know some things but like not a lot you know so cool. but like you know I was actually talking to one of my girlfriends this morning um and I was saying that we were meeting with you and I'm like I'm so excited. And she's like, I just like hearing about my sign. I'm like, me too. But like, <laughs> I want to know all the other things. Cause like you're, you're in a different like lane of it. So it's like, sure. it's like very like mind boggling to me. I'm so ready to absorb mm. this. <laughs> yes. Um, I love it. It's really is so much fun learning about yourself. And then like, it just gets so deeply layered and layered and there's so much there to unpack for sure. So cool. Let's start with you and your kind of up to this point. Like we always like to start off our episodes by hearing about um, kind of like what got, like how did you end up here? What was your childhood like? What were your parents like? Like when did you discover this gift and how and, you know, all that good stuff? Sure, sure. Um, those are great questions. So I grew up in Fresno, California. So like a, it's small as in California terms, but it's like a fairly large city. And um, I just kind of never felt like I fit in very much there. I love looking back like on Fresno and visiting Fresno. It's a wonderful place, like very outdoorsy. It very much gave me this like really deep connection to nature that I wouldn't have had otherwise. But I was kind of always like, I don't know how exactly to explain it. Like feeling a little bit outside of it, like searching for a deeper meaning to some degree. Like a lot of my childhood memories were literally like laying in the grass and like staring at the sky and like feeling these like profound things about the nature of life and just like soaking it all in. And my parents were literally like, we don't know what to do with this kid. Like what is going on? (laughs) But they were so supportive and so loving. So Um, my parents were wonderful, such loving, incredible people. Um, and a very big part of my story, my dad, um, had ALS when I was growing up. So he was sick when I was 11 and then passed when I was 13, which really, um, like I was already a really internal kid and like really pensive already. And then it just kind of set me off on this trajectory where I was like having to think about and dealing with death and like losing a family member and like a parent at such a young age. And it put me into this space of like, um, I don't know, having to sit with the harder and more real pieces of life at a different time than like Mm -hmm. a lot of the other people around me were. Right. And so, um, 
my childhood, like the memories that I have are so positive. It was so much fun. I remember playing outside so much, being so connected to nature was incredible. I grew up right outside of Yosemite. So we would go camping all the time and, um, being connected to nature has been such a big part of like my spiritual process as well. And so that was such a gift to have had that exposure like so early. And then, um, as I grew up, I, the question of like when these things started coming to me or like if there was a moment where I kind of knew that I was intuitive is really interesting because it was something that was just kind of there, but I didn't have like a frame of reference for it when I was young. I was raised Mm -hmm. in a Christian family. And so I didn't really understand that like a lot of the things that I was experiencing were maybe not like normal, but not like abnormal. You know what I mean? Like not Mm -hmm. so far out there. I just really had no um, frame for it. And so from a young age, I remember, um, just feeling super connected and feeling really connected to family members that had died that I had never met before that I, I knew I shouldn't like cognitively felt super connected to, but like internally always had a really deep connection. And, um, I, have been in a position, I'm a life coach. And so I, I feel like for a really long time in my life, like I've been in this position of like coaching and being support for people. I was a peer counselor when I was in high school. It's always just been something that's super natural to me. Mm -hmm. And so as I got older, I was studying sociology and, um, psychology in college and thought that I was going to go into therapy. So I come into psychology to astrology with like this psycho social kind of background. Um, but it really, gave me this like lens through which I've been able to like shift my own practice and see like where I can truly support people. So I was studying sociology and then I say nutrition. And uh, when my dad was sick, nutrition was a major thing that we supplemented with because there is no treatment for ALS. So it really Mm -hmm. opened up my eyes to um, all different kinds of healing modalities and um, alternative medicines. So I've always been very much in that world. Um, and as I started coaching through nutrition, I loved it so much. And I loved the aspect of being able to work with people and really get to know them. And then I was had been studying astrology on the side, like just on my own for fun for multiple years, because it was so helpful for me to understand myself. And I just became like, super curious and really invested in it and was using my birth chart to understand myself and to work through things and to heal. And um, I reached this point in my nutrition coaching where I was realizing that like with every client, I was using their birth chart. Charlie, you're okay. Interesting. Sorry, my dog is. <laughs> Charlie's Charlie, not happy. This is a this Charlie. is a dog friendly podcast. Yeah, it really is. In our <laughs> last in our last podcast, John was like, "What were you doing?" Because I there was like a padding sound. I was trying to get my Rottweiler on the couch. He wasn't listening. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, sorry." That's so good. This is Charlie. Oh my Hi, god, Charlie! With us. <laughs> oh, he's like, "Mom, you're not paying attention to me." That's why I'm there. Like, I'm right here. Please look at me. Oh. Honestly, <laughs> I thought cutest. somebody's stomach was growling. I had to, like, stop. And I was like, is that me? <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't think <laughs> so I was that funny. hungry. <laughs> so funny. Um, so, yeah, I don't remember exactly where I was. But it just you kind were, of became, um, like... You were using people's birth charts when you were coaching them. Yeah, totally. So we just ended up always going back to astrology. It became something that I was doing for my friends on the side. And they would ask me to read for their friends. And then um, it just kind of became my full-time, what I'm doing all the time thing, which has been incredible and such a blessing. What would you say? Sure. You, what would you say astrology helped you learn mostly about yourself? So Oof. thus far. 
astrology what, what gave sign me, are you I'm a Gemini. Um, I'm a Gemini sun, an Aquarius moon, and a Taurus rising, um, which are the big three. So those are the three that astrologers will talk about. And those kind of um, make up the most core pieces of who you are. They're like your most personal placement. So the things that are most unique about you in particular. So everyone's birth chart will be a different representation of who they are. Even if you're born on the same day, it'll still be um, slightly different depending on what time of day you're born. Um, so I'm a Gemini sun, an Aquarius moon, and a Taurus rising. And um, I, uh, what astrology really has given to me is just like the capacity to be completely okay with everything about me. Like it outlines the good and the bad in you. And everybody has both. It shows us where our challenges are, where our opportunities are. So it really just allowed me to see like, okay, the things that I've gone through in my life, like have happened for a reason. It's literally right here to see that that would be potentially the outcome of this situation or some of the events that are brought into my life and that it's all a part of a larger purpose and a larger, um, plan for the movement of, um, expression through me. And so it gave me just a lot of permission to lean into myself fully and to understand who I am on a deeper level. And then also to be able to see like, whenever you bring awareness to something that you're doing, like you're able to do it to its highest capacity, right? Or to Mm -hmm. see like, oh, maybe the way that I'm handling this isn't fully aligned with what I actually believe or how I want to be in this moment. So it really gives you the opportunity to, to look at those things and to see, okay, this is an expression or a piece of who I am that like, isn't really aligned with how I want to show up or who I want to be. And so it's really clarifying and being able to see this is what is going on in my life right now. And this is exactly how I can support myself. You just said a bunch of things that I'm like in love with. So we love to say, give permission to, yes. right? And then leaning in, that's also like, we're like very big on leaning in. So I'm obsessed with this already. Love and a good I, love, love, love a lean. <laughs> but yesterday I was actually on the phone with my therapist and she said, what I want you to do, because I'm always saying like, that's not how I want to be. Like I reacted such way, but that's not the person that I want to be. So even you just saying right now, like being aware and like, allowing yourself to like, who's the person that I want to be in this situation when I react? And I would have never Mm. connected it to honestly, like my sign or like what my sign stands for. I would just be like, I'm stubborn. And that's just how I am, you know, but like, it's really, there's like a whole other world that you can tap into and like figure out like the map of your body and like your soul. 100%. Yeah. It's so supportive. Huh? What? I said, guess what you said sign is. Okay, so I know you guys said that one of you is a Taurus and one of you is a Pisces. Is I think that you're the Taurus. Yeah, (laughs) it's me. She's like I'm stubborn. Um, I think this is it's so interesting that also um, there's that component of using this information as a tool for self acceptance Mm. versus trying to conform who you are to meet who you think you should be, you know? And I think that's like a really important message because I think we spoke with Erin Claire Jones on human design and and a a Mm. lot of the messaging was very similar in our conversation with her is that like this, this is her blueprint for understanding who she is, not a guide for who she should or would or could be. Um, Can you quickly explain the difference between your um rising sun and moon signs 
Aaliyah. Yeah, absolutely. So your sun sign is your personality. So this is the like the ego piece of you as you interact in the world. So it's like you with other people. Um, and a lot of times we kind of identify with our sun sign, but not completely because it feels like something we're stepping into, even if it's not something we're completely embodying, but we will have some of those traits come through. Your moon sign is who you are in your core. So this is really like your emotional body. What I like to imagine is your moon sign is like, you, when you're at home chilling, like in your most comfortable, your most new state, like that is your moon. And it mm. really shows us like what you need to feel emotionally fulfilled, how you process your emotions, how you connect to your emotions and how you connect with and share your heart. Um, and then your rising sign is who you are to other people. So oh. some people like to say that your rising sign is like a first impression and it can be that, but it's just kind of like the general impression of you before you really dive into um, the depths of your personality and who you are. And which one of those is like our, what we know as our sign. So that's your sun sign. Your sun sign is like your star sign or your birth sign or like your regular sign. It's the sun. Got it. Because I personally, when, when I tell people that I'm a Pisces, no one believes me. And so then they always ask me what my rising and my whatever the other ones, my sun and my moon and my, all the other things. And I'm like, I actually don't know. I don't know what my other signs are. Isa, do you? Mm -mm. No. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. Well, I feel like it, there's so much information there and it can be so overwhelming in the beginning. And what I always say to people when they're first diving in and like looking at their birth chart and understanding that it's more than just their sun sign is that definitely look to the moon before anything else. Your rising sign will be helpful, but your moon sign is where I find like the most resonance. And also where I found clients usually have the most, like the most moments of, oh my gosh, yes. Like this is me. This is who I am. And it gives you that permission, but also like you guys were saying before, like to really lean into the self-compassion that can come through and you see yourself represented in that way. And you can see like, there's nothing wrong with what I need here. It's legitimately just a piece of who I am. And therefore I can accept that differently. Cool. So if someone were to ask you like, what an intu- like, they're like, you're an intuitive astrologer. How do you describe that to people? So astrology has come through for me in a very intuitive way because I don't really ascribe to one particular branch of astrology. So there are many different types of astrology. Mm -hmm. Um, And the most basic breakdown is that traditional astrology ties back to astrology that was practiced four to 2000 years ago. And so this was what was originally developed by Babylonians and then moved into Greece. And this is using astrology to see like This is when they were using it to see like when to plant crops, when to harvest things, like when to migrate, like really like physical, how is this affecting like your life and the things around you? And then as astrology became more modernized and we developed this new awareness around psychology and anthropology, um, it has become much more psychologically based. So it's more about like understanding you as an individual. I think that there is so much to be taken from both things. And I also really like esoteric astrology, which then brings in um, questions around the soul and the collective. So it's, it is also about like, how do I resonate and like what energies are moving through me, but it comes through on like a larger level as well. And so since I practice honestly, kind of all of these things just in pieces and in certain places, I I represent myself as an intuitive astrologer because I just use my intuition to decide like what is going to be most relevant and most helpful depending on what Mm. it is that I'm doing and like what a client needs. 
And then a lot of things that come through for me when I'm looking at a chart, like are intuitive. And there are ways that you delineate a birth chart traditionally and in modern astrology that gets very calculated and really precise. And I do those calculations, but I also just really rely on um, connecting to my own guides and to the spirit guides. This might sound super woo, but like to the guides of the people that I'm meeting for as well to know like what's actually most supportive for them versus just like vomiting a ton of information all over somebody because it's helpful. Right which isn't right. actually doing anything in my opinion. Are you ever like, right. are you ever like, girl, what's happening here to like someone's <laughs> chart? <laughs> totally, totally. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, we're going to get into it. Some oh, cool. shit has been going down. Yeah. That's so <laughs> yeah, fun. fun. I mean, I'm, I was gonna say, yeah, it's fun. It's like sucks for you, honey, but we're going to work it out. But like, that's so cool. It honestly yeah, does, it, but it's also, it's one of those things where then it feels so much better to know like why it sucks. Like if you're moving right. through a bunch of shit, it's helpful to be like, oh, it's because you can literally see all of these planets right here. And there's a timeline for what this looks like. And there's an actual day that these things will be not happening within my chart or within the current astrology. And I'm going to feel some kind of relief. So even if you're looking at it and you're like, wow, this is a bunch of bullshit. Like there's always something else to see that is really supportive during that time which I love about astrology. Yeah, because I feel like tagging on to what you were saying, Abby, I feel like sometimes, especially with astrology, people try and force themselves into the descriptions that they read. Yeah. Or they'll just resist it entirely. It's like one of the two. If you're not totally open to it, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I don't know, like, I'm not stubborn. I'm not that way. That's not me. And you're like, well, yeah, you are, but just in this example alone, you know? people try like either fit themselves into the box or not do you find that people do that more often or they're just like more I guess when they're seeing you they're more accepting of it yeah it's hard to say because the people who see me like are definitely accepting of it or are curious and like open to it in some kind of way where I know like being an astrologer has been so interestingly polarizing because I'll tell people that I'm an astrologer and they're either immediately like, Oh, so interesting. That's so cool. Like I have these questions or my friends been into astrology or I'll get the total opposite or people are like, Oh, I think astrology is legitimately stupid. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was going (laughs) to ask, like, what do you say to those people? First of all, that's my first question. My second question is what do you say to people who maybe are younger and trying to make a career out of something that is, is so polarizing. Like how did you go about finding this space and like, and, and you know what I mean? And, and making a platform for yourself. That's a great question. Um, honestly, it just comes down to like showing up and being authentic and sharing what is on my heart and like what I've cared about. Because if I, had allowed fear of what people thought about me or fear of people not resonating with what I had to say or with um, my interpretation of astrology, like I wouldn't have done any of it. And I would be doing nutrition coaching still and um, not allowing this to come through in such a way. And it came down to really just knowing like my own truth and being so secure in who I am and what it is that I do and knowing that like it supports me and it supports people that I work with and that being enough for me. Um, but to answer your question, like it really just depends on the kind of person. Sometimes you can tell when somebody brings something up that like they're not even open to having a conversation about it. And I don't try, like I don't try to push astrology on anybody. I don't usually 
offer up astrological things to people unless they're asking me. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be the kind of person that's like, well, these things are happening to you because Mercury is here and blah, blah, blah. If you're not already talking to me about it, like, I don't assume that you care. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, like, there are a lot of people who just really have no actual awareness around the truth and the history of astrology and the way that it's practiced. And they think that it's something that is really like, crystal balls and scarves Um, and shit yeah totally totally or like super dogmatic like this thing means you're going to die in this way and it's not that at all it's much more interpretive it's much more artistic and so I do find that a lot of people are open to me just sharing like what what the practice of astrology really does look like and um there's a lot of misinformation out there and yeah, it's, it's interesting, but you can kind of tell like how open people are and how interested they are in actually, um, hearing and listening to you. Do you find that, um, and like, I, I guess I'm asking this because in, in my own life, I feel like people now are more accepting of these sort of like, like woo fringe type of, um, ways of looking at how they're evaluating their lives. Have you seen a yeah. little bit of an evolution in, lately of people being more accepting of this? Definitely. I I mean, I have lived on the West Coast my whole life. And so there's like a greater openness to woo things, I think, here already. 100%. So it wasn't like super challenging for me to find spaces where people were interested or where I had friends who were interested. Um, but I see that spreading a lot more now. And I see it like in activity on social media, people who interact with me who are like in the Midwest and in places in the country where um, I know that like the general culture isn't the same as where I am, but it's definitely something that's becoming more accepted and that people are much, much more open to. Um, and I think that it has to a lot to do with like exposure and like lessening fear around something. People mm-hmm. tend to be scared of what they don't know. And our society, even though it's like whatever, you can get into the argument of like, whether or not it's Christian or religious or should it be or what have you, but like it has very deep Christian ties. I think everybody can agree on. And so there is a lot of fear around, I think any kind of practice that's like pretty spiritual and pretty feminine in that way, because there's this push against like going back to witch trials and women like being very intuitive and in power in that type of way that men um, weren't. And so I do feel like it's a part of a greater expansion of like awareness and understanding around women's intuition in general and like how deeply connected we can be. Um, And so, yeah, there is definitely this greater shift and opening into more like fringe woo type things that are going on. And people are always interested about themselves. You know, people always care about learning about themselves and now we've like, everybody's taken like the Myers-Briggs type test and like the Enneagram. And this is very much like very similar in that way of learning the deeper layers of who you are to access yourself and to know yourself more deeply. So I see it as an extension of that for sure. Absolutely. I think people are more open to being self-aware and now they're trying to figure out like, why do I feel this way? And yeah, what's making me tick? Or like, why am I so prone to like enjoying exercise or why do I like doing graphic design or whatever it is where you're like, you feel like a calling and now you're like trying to tap in and see like, where's that coming from? Cause it's maybe it's not like in your family and you're just like, like, you know, like how you are, you're just like, I just felt this way and I just went with it. 
Yeah. And then a lot of people would do that. A lot of people would be like, well, I was told to be a doctor, so I'm going to just do that instead. Yeah. Not that, not that a doctor's bad, you know. No, but it just isn't what everybody is called to do. Right. 100%. Yeah. Those are my favorite types of sessions and types of questions that people ask me for sure. It's like, I've always been creative or I've always wanted to support people in this way or to do this particular thing. And why, or how is this coming through? And like, is that thing true? And it's all of those pieces like can absolutely be found in the birth chart. And it's so much fun to support people and figuring out like, there is a reason why you're called to work in this way, or there is a reason why you're called to be really into music or to practice this particular thing. And it's, yeah. um, yeah, it's really, really cool. How do you set yourself up to get ready for a client? Like oh, mentally prepare? Love that question. Um, so I, I do Reiki as well. And so something that my Reiki masters have taught me is the idea of like energetically cloaking yourself. And so mm-hmm. I have a cloaking meditation that I use where I connect myself, I ground, I make sure that I'm in a space where I feel secure so that I can hold space for another person. Um, mm-hmm. And then I support my own energy so I don't take on energy from a client that I'm working with. Right. Um, and then I also connect to their energy before meeting with them. So before actually getting on a call with somebody, I will meditate and connect with their energy and connect with their spirit guides and just let them know like what I am opening myself to and how I'd like to support them and that I am open to um, moving any messages through that are for that person's highest intention and good and to be used in that way for them as well. Um, So I practice that before every client, but Ultimately, like I feel like it's a continual practice of making sure that I am taking care of myself so that I can take care of other people, which is, yes. it's like your cup has to be full before you can pour out on others, right? You can't pour yeah. from an empty cup. Always. It has to be overflowing. So just making sure that I'm genuinely caring for myself and putting my own healing as a priority too. I love that. Love that. You were yeah. saying how you, um, earlier you said how you and your boyfriend just moved in together. So like when you guys met, mm-hmm. like how did... How did he react when you told him what you did? Oh my gosh. He was so curious. And I remember meeting him for coffee. And um, it was like 9 a.m. We met for coffee. I really didn't think anything of it. I didn't know that we were on a date. And he was like, oh, that was our first date, Caitlin. And I was like, was it? Like months later. Uh, But he was just really curious. And he was like, you know, I don't really know that much about this, but I'm open and I'm curious to know like what your experience has been. So he just asked me a lot of questions. And I remember like, me too. And I like looked at his (laughs) birth chart and we talked about it for, I don't know, maybe like five to 10 minutes, like not very long, but um, it was just easy. And then as our relationship has grown, like he's gotten, he's not like super into astrology, but he'll ask me more questions. And he like has made an effort to like understand it and actually understand like the things that are moving behind it and why I'm so connected to it. And that's meant everything to me. That's so nice. That's amazing. Um, So what are some of the things that you personally use your birth chart for? Mm. And how often do you find yourself referencing? Because I wonder Mm. like things change, right? Like the, like the planetary alignments and all of that stuff changes. So like how, how much is knowledge that you know that you just roll with and how much do you like have to research on your own behalf? 
Does that make sense? Sure, totally. So this has changed for me significantly over the time that I've learned astrology. So in the beginning, I like used my own birth chart to learn. So every time I was learning something, I was looking at my birth chart, looking at a planet and being like, what does this planet mean? What does this placement mean? How is it interacting and all of these things? So I was spending a lot of time like really going deep in. I don't have to do that anymore just because I know my birth chart really, really well now. So now I'll know like, okay, because I'm working with clients and because I'm paying attention to what's happening astrologically now and how that's affecting my personal birth chart, I know that there are particular things going on and then I can reference my birth chart. So this sounds kind of conceptual. So to give an example, like... This week, the planet Mars moved into Aquarius. I don't need to look at my birth chart to know that what that means is that it hit particular angles and planets in my birth chart that are at the very beginning degrees of Aquarius. I have my moon in Aquarius and what's called your midheaven in Aquarius. So I already know without even looking at it, like what that's doing, right? Um, So then I'll go in and I'll think like, okay, so this is going to be important because it's hitting these planets for me. So then I'll actually go in and look and I'll see, is it connecting with any other planets in my birth chart? And what are the other conversations and themes that are happening? So I'll, now I do this maybe like a couple times a week, like when I feel led to do it. But when I was learning astrology and when I was really in the beginning of using it to unravel like my own healing and different pieces of myself, I was doing this like every single day. something that I do practice every day is following the moon. So looking to see what sign the moon is in, what house that's in for me and like what it's, what's it's like triggering in my chart is important to me every single day because I feel very connected to where the moon is. And I use that as a part of my flow. Since I work for myself, I have the fortune of being able to do that. Um, but that being said, like when you're learning, you will probably just be referencing your chart much more often and then referencing the individual things that are happening. Now, the way I use astrology, I'll do that and I'll look at different planets and I'll learn new things about me and my chart even still. And I think that I'll always be doing that. Um, but I don't look at my chart as much as I look at like the current chart of the things that are happening in the sky right now. And then when there is important stuff there, I'll look at how it overlaps with my chart and what that is. And that's called a transit when we have something that's happening currently and it's affecting your natal chart. So like Mars and Aquarius mean something different for everybody based off of where it is in their birth chart and how it's affecting their planets. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's so interesting that you do that. It's like you, it's like you're checking the weather. Like, it's exactly it's like you're checking so, the weather. Yes. <laughs> it's so interesting. I can tell Isa is ferociously trying to figure out what our rising and moon and sun signs are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Look at her. Yeah. Yes. Um, so do you have, do you find that um, people tend to, and like I'm speaking generally, obviously come to you at a certain point in time or with a certain like question, do people come to you in times of transition or when they're looking for an answer or like, is it, you know, questions about their love? Like, like, what do you see as like a trend when people are seeking your guidance? Mm, I, there are a couple general trends and usually it's like around the same theme. So people love questions around their love lives, around Mm. um, their career, their purpose, their work. Um, But ultimately the trend that I see in people coming to me are people who are 
on a healing journey and who are in the process of stepping into themselves more fully. And so sometimes that looks like people who are um, entrepreneurs and who are starting a business. And so I support them using astrology with business coaching and working through what it is that they're creating. Sometimes people who are um, really deep on a healing path and want to use astrology to supplement, like we're talking about like the self-compassion, the knowledge of themselves and just kind of where their energy is being guided and moved. But ultimately what it comes down to are people who are curious and who know that there is more that they can reach for themselves and more inwardly that they can connect to that they are um, seeking. So interesting. Um, what, what are some of your favorite topics to help people with using astrology? Oh, good one. I, it's a really good question. Um, I love, love, love helping people use astrology in tangible and real ways. I, um, I'm a Virgo Mars. And so what that means is I love, things that are action oriented and that help us do better. And so I'm really drawn towards efficiency and like maximizing what it is that we're doing. And if something can't be productive, like I tend to think that it hardly has a use, which is like my own um, work that I'm doing around sitting and being. But I love questions around like, how can I maximize like my workflow? And so I work with clients who are especially entrepreneurs. And so they have the flexibility, but people who are looking to understand like where they're supported and how to be in flow. And so we'll use the days of the week, which are all ruled by different planets in order to structure what it is that they're doing. So then you have like, okay, a to-do list over an entire week. And you know, each day of the week, like where your energy is being more supported and more guided and what's going to be most supportive for you. So you're not like spending your day where you don't feel it, forcing yourself Mm -hmm. to answer emails and get work done because you told yourself you're going to do that that day. So just giving yourself Mm -hmm. that deeper permission. Um, And I love working with people who are really leaning into what their purpose is and um, what their unique gifts are. There's something that is so inspiring about working with people who um, are committed to their own growth and to their transformation and to really being like the highest and best versions of themselves. And I feel so blessed every day to get to work with people who are like that and who inspire me in turn too. I love that. I love that. Stop copying me. (laughs) It's okay. There's enough love to go around. I'll take it. Would you be opposed to us talking about Abby for a second? Not at all. Oh God, I'm scared. So Abby is, her son is in Pisces. Okay. Her moon is in Capricorn and she's a Virgo rising. Oh, okay. So having a Capricorn moon and a Virgo rising is absolutely why people are like, "Uh, are you sure you're a Pisces? Like, that's not what I get from you. Um, Capricorn and Pisces are almost opposites in some ways because Pisces is very emotional and really intuitive and really drawn to connect with people. And Capricorn, particularly a Capricorn moon placement is much more reserved in the way that you allow people in. So the Pisces piece of you wants to be like free loving, like everybody gets all of the things all the time, all of me. And then your Capricorn is like, (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's like so hurt. I love it. I love it. Your Capricorn moon is actually a really beautiful pair with the Pisces sun because Pisces tends to not have any kind of boundaries when it comes to their emotions or towards the things that they love, which can be 
um, really beautiful, but also like incredibly damaging to the self to not have boundaries around things. Whereas a Capricorn moon tends to be over boundaried. And so it kind of complements one another where like your Pisces still it motivates you to be giving, to be loving, to connect with other people. And then your Capricorn moon, it kind of reminds you like, Hey, make sure you're protecting yourself as well. Like make sure you're caring for yourself as well. And typically with Capricorn moons, like you'll have a really select group of really close people. And those people know all of the things about you and you are incredibly loving and generous and open with them. But, um, it's like a chosen group that has to be, uh, very intentionally connected to you in order to receive that. If that makes sense. Isn't it weird how someone can talk to you for 30 seconds and suddenly 34 years of your life makes sense? (laughs) That's so crazy. Ish, what's yours? Um, Mine is sun in Taurus, moon in Virgo, and Gemini rising. Ooh, okay. So I love looking at astrology between... (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I just love looking at it between like different people, like in relationship or in family. But just even hearing that, like it makes a lot of sense that you guys, A, work so well together, but also do something that is so um, communicative because Virgo and Gemini are both ruled by the planet Mercury. And Mercury is all about our communication. It's our thought process. It's how we... Um, communicate our thoughts and feelings, but also like just how we speak to other people. And so Gemini and Virgo are both really um, involved in and motivated by sharing and spreading information. And so the fact that you guys, A, work together in this way and do so in a way that's like just sharing literally your own conversations is spot on. It's perfect. Um, So Taurus, Sun, Virgo, Moon, Gemini rising, you said? Yes. Beautiful. So my boyfriend's a Virgo moon. I love that placement. Um, Taurus on Virgo moon. There's so much earth between both of you as well. So your Taurus is, um, the Taurus is a fixed energy. So it likes to move things forward. It wants to carry things on as it's been doing. Um, it's very driven to kind of keep the status quo, which doesn't mean that there isn't like a movement towards growth, but it's this like long haul with Taurus. Taurus really sees like, I have to be steady. I have to put the work in. We're not going to like go for an hour and then stop. Gemini is the opposite. Gemini is mutable and loves to get really involved in something for five minutes and then completely shift focus and get really involved in something else because it has this curiosity. So right offhand, like what what comes through with those as your big three is that you have this ability to be really curious and stimulated and connect with other people and to be really social as you're rising. Like this is very much how people connect with you and how they see you. And you have this like steadiness that carries it on. So it's, you have this capacity when you're in these spaces to balance like the flighty curiosity of Gemini and like the steady stubbornness of Taurus because you have um, the best of both worlds where you can adapt, but then you can also be consistently involved in building something. And then um, Virgo is a very analytical placement that's really focused on doing things efficiently and effectively and to the best of its ability. And um, it's also a mutable sign like Gemini is. So it's very flexible and adaptable and wants to find the best way to do things. And it's also really supportive in balance with Taurus because it again is like this question of are we doing things the way, like the best way that can be done? And how can I um, shift that in order to be better to some capacity? Whereas just a lot of Taurus can be almost the opposite because you don't want to change anything just for the sake of not wanting change. Right. 
Whoa. So many friends. Eat. Does it resonate? Yeah. Yay. I don't have yes. that many friends, Abby. You have so many friends, but like so many like Gemini. good friends. I do. I have really good friends. I have like mm. a... Yeah. Taurus is so loving. You absolutely do. Um, Now I have to go look up the birth chart of everyone I've ever met. (laughs) (laughs) That's really like what ends up happening. You're like, okay, what was my babysitter's birthday? I'm I'm two seconds away from looking at my mom's birth chart, like right the fuck now. Like seriously. uh, Honestly, you should do it. I had to text my grandma to get my mom's (laughs) birth time. And I'm like, grandma, 911, what time was mom born? I have to know. Emergency, emergency. I bet you my mom doesn't even know. Um, a spot on that you said Taurus is loving because I went to a wedding with my mother as her date, like didn't know anybody there. And I ugly cried through their whole ceremony. And I was like, and my mom's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I just love love so much. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sweet. If you listen to all of our previously recorded episodes, which is almost we're going on a year coming up. Yeah. Issa cried in thank you. I was, a, I was about to cry. I was about to cry when you were like talking about Abby before. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I listened to like, a couple of your guys' episodes and I've heard you guys cry together and it like just so inspired me. I was like, this is so beautiful. Like, that must have been the only episode that I've ever cried that in. with everybody is incredible. <laughs> I, I'm not a crier at all, which is another reason why when people Capricorn are like... Capricorn moon. It's, but, uh, but like it, until literally five minutes ago, I was always like, I'm like the worst Pisces ever. You're like, I'm, I should be fired from the Pisces species. Um, because <laughs> I, so I'm not, I'm not super, I mean, I can definitely be reactive, but I'm not very emotional. So you must've gotten one of the episodes that I've ever cried in. And I actually think I remember which one it was. Cause we we're talking about how much we appreciate each other. Um, the addiction episode. But, yes. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was. I, I can I like mark cried. the times that I've seen her cry. Yeah. It's like been like what, twice in my life? Um, actually, I've cried a lot since this pandemic. This pandemic has really gotten to mm. me. Mm. Me too. What, what's come up for you with it? Why has it been particularly emotional? I have an apocalypse complex. She does. Like literally the the day that I met her was at the gym and she's like, I'm here because I need to be prepared for the zombie apocalypse. So if you want to get strong with me, great. I was like, okay. I was like, if you want to be on my team, you better man the fuck up. And then she um, kicked me off her team. She's like, your mom's going to be on my team. I was like, what? <laughs> no, it's not. I always no. reference the zombie apocalypse because it's the funnest. Um, version of apocalypse that you could think of, oh, but the, really, the it's most like fun apocalypse version. You know, it's like the most, it's the most fun. But like, I'm also talking like, what about nuclear warfare? Like, what about just straight up like this, and then people going ham and like just killing each other? Because I think at the end of the day, my fear is like a loss of humanity, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. think about any thanks sex, if you think about any catastrophic event that could potentially happen, like the biggest your biggest enemy is other humans. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, it was like two weeks ago where I was like having meltdowns. Now I've stopped watching the news. I don't really talk to anybody. I just, I'm in my house and I'm like fine now. Um, but now I'm the one that's having to talk my husband off the ledge. Yeah. Like, so like Abby went through like a period of like stress and now she's like buckled down and has been like the rock for her family where like she's able to like kind of talk her husband off the ledge. Mm. And then there's me who panic bought Omaha steaks. 
So. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are hysterical. Well, first of all, all of all of the reaction, like astrologically, makes so much sense to me. Um, first of all, Taurus is known for like loving delicious food and like wanting comforting good food all the time. Totally. I'm a Taurus rising. I'm exactly the same way. So like when all this is happening, I was like, I, I don't usually have like all kinds of shit in my house, but I was like, I need like the ice cream. I need gluten-free cookies. I was like, give me just a comforting food. And like, honestly, I don't even need to eat it. I just need to know that it's there and that I can That's what I said to John. I told John, I'm like, just please let me, like, I've been buying random rolls of toilet paper and bringing them (laughs) home. And I'm like, just let me spend the money because this is making me feel safe. I need to know that it's there. We may never use it, but we'll use it. But like, you know. It's just knowing. I just need to know. Yeah. Absolutely. I brought crescent rolls. Good. I don't eat fucking crescent rolls ever, but I bought them because I knew <laughs> I just needed them to be there for me. That apocalypse um, panic buy is real. <laughs> for sure is. Well, and Abby, like being so, Pisces is the humanitarian sign. So your concern about the apocalypse in terms of like losing common humanity and then like being thrown into deeper emotions than you usually are because of that potential and like seeing that being a potential reality is crazy in tune with your Pisces sun and with the deep connection you have to what it means to be a, to have a common sense of humanity. So Pisces being driven by that is really interested in supporting humanity in general. And that's why it's a very self-sacrificial sign and a sign that's really driven to be of service to deeper humanity and to moving things forward. And so it sounds like the fear there is, you know, what happens if that is the truth? What happens if we do lose some kind of common humanity and really fearing that? But then allowing that to move through you and then recognizing like, okay, this is where we are and this is all I can do. So I can be this stable. I can be this pillar. And that is also very Capricorn moon. Capricorn is incredibly steady and um, um, not steady in the same way that Taurus is because Taurus is like chilling in like a beautiful sunny field. I want to hang out here all day steady where Capricorn is like, I see the mountain and I'm prepared. I'm going to fucking climb it and you can come with me or not. But like, if you do, you'll be good. You know what I mean? (laughs) If that's not us, I don't know what is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we went to Puerto Rico together and Issa's literally just like horizontal on a beach the whole time. And I'm like, let's fucking go. Let's do some shit. I want to see the bioluminescent bay. I want to go. Yes. And she's like, I'm, I'm horizontal. Like I'm, I'm warm and there's sand and I don't want to move. We did. We did compromise though. I got we to did. see the bay. She got to get her tan. We were good. Oh, good, good. Like, we had to have a conversation about it. We were like, just want to let you know, when I'm in bed, because I need a nap, don't be mad at me when I don't want to walk down the fucking beach. Like, I just, I'm not here for that. 100%. And you're, like, needing to rest. And Abby, you're like, um, I have shit to do. I have a list of stuff that I'm trying to get done on this vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we're really good at at, um, making sure that each other's needs are met, thankfully. Um, But enough about it. That's all it's about. Yeah. I want to know if you feel like a superhero. Wow, that's an incredible question. And I don't feel like a superhero, but I really appreciate it. I feel like... I feel um, like this is... You understand that, like, no amount... Can you... No amount of, like, studying and learning can... um, 
can amount to what you, the knowledge that you have just from like passion alone. Mm. So like, it really is like, it's like a supernatural gift that you have. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Does it feel like anything in particular? Um, It does feel like a gift. It feels like, it feels like something that has been a part of me for a really long time in a way that I don't really know how to explain other than that. And I've, um, I've done like past life regressions and had other people who have literally seen me and then like told me things about past lives who have told me that I've done astrology like this in past lifetimes for many, many years. And, that's like always made a lot of sense to me. And the first time somebody told me that I was like, Oh, I was like, totally like that makes sense because I just like, I get it in a different way. Like I, when I learned astrology, it just felt like I was given language for something that I had always felt, but I didn't know had language for before. So yeah, to answer your question, it just kind of feels like a deep piece of who I am in some ways. I wish people could see how intently De- like Dexter's so into you right now. He's like, please keep talking. I'm so he's not into so him. Yeah. I <laughs> really, he wants it even more because of that. I know. He's like, what is my rising sign? He needs, he's going to go me. figure it out. He's like, hello, <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> it makes so much sense that you've lived lives like this before because you, you're young. I mean, I'm looking at you. You, you are, I don't, I'm not going to guess your age, but you're, you're super young. And you speak with the wisdom of someone who's like three times as your age. You know what I mean? So mm. it, 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 there's like no other logical explanation to me other than that. Like you're just living out your, your truth. You know what I mean? Like this is why you're here is to help people and, and use this gift to help people kind of like figure their shit out, you know? Yeah, thank you so much. That's so, so kind of you. I really feel that. And it's felt just so natural from the beginning. And I've truly like loved every single second of it. And it took me, I was always that kid who like had no idea what they wanted to do. I'm a triple Gemini. So I'm like all over the place on my interests, like always have a new career path that I want to move forward in like every other day. And then once I found astrology, it was, it's been like one of the only things in my life that's like really stuck. And that I've known like, this is such a deep part of who I am and the work that I'm here to do. And um, yeah, that, that resonates really deeply. And I feel it for sure. It's wild and it feels so good. And I'm so truly just like humbled and grateful to be able to know what I love and like what means so much to me and like what I'm here for and to be my age and to have my experience and um, to go for it. It feels good. And here comes Issa again with the water work. I know because I saw when I saw you like feel it. I was like, oh my god, I feel it too. (laughs) But um, I love you guys. You're so sweet. (laughs) On a on like a kind of I'm gonna do a little turn here, but like on when you're with a client, what's like your favorite question to like answer when they ask? I love when people ask me, like, what am I supposed to be doing? And that's a question that I think all of us kind of have, like, what am I supposed to be doing either on a large scale or like right now, like, where should I be focused and like, where should my energy be focused? And, um, it's honestly such an easy question to answer astrologically because it all just has to do with what season astrologically we're in and where the planets are and then how that's affecting your chart. So it's something that is 
this deep piece of who we all kind of are and like what we're all doing. And it's so accessible when we just look at the astrology and when we allow ourselves to be curious about how these things are coming through and who we are. And so I love that question because we really get to dive into what are you doing? Like, what do you want? What do you want to be doing? What are the things that you've been told that you should do, but aren't actually you? And then how does astrology support this and where are you being asked to kind of focus your attention and your direction right now? And that's the really like fun, juicy stuff for me, for sure. That's so cool. Do you feel like sometimes, and I've asked other guests this, that kind of work in a realm of like outside, um, I, I can't find the words that I'm looking for, but sort of like on the, you know, Okay, let me bypass what I'm trying to say and get to the point. Do you find that people come to you when they've kind of exhausted all of their other resources? I'm he can hear my dog, can he? Uh, no, actually, he heard something else outside. Oh, that's You're weird. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know if it was a dog or my stomach again. So he <laughs> <laughs> just stomach barks. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's normal. Um, no, but do you do you find like people? you know, they, they've gone from job to job or relationship to relationship and they've seek therapy and like, or they're sick and they have all these meds and whatever. And then finally they just are like so frustrated that they come to you and then things like kind of make sense again. Do you find like people come sure. to you almost as a last resort sometimes? For sure. And I think like that a Hail Mary. some, Yes. And sometimes I think that it's like really conscious. And other times I think that it's kind of subtle or people won't really recognize like, oh, I gave up on this part of myself or I gave up trying to figure this thing out a long time ago, but now it makes sense again. And now it's coming back through because we have something like tangible, like the birth chart in front of us that we're looking at where we can see that. But I also do get a lot of clients who are like, I've, who have been through therapy, who have been through different kinds of coaching and still at the end of it all, like have this sense of who they are not being okay and not being um, fully accepting and embracing of who they are. And so regardless of how much talk therapy you do and how much coaching you get, like if at the end of the day, you still think that there's something wrong with being yourself, like you're not going to be able to make this same kind of progress and heal and grow in the capacity that feels good and that you want to, and that your body and your soul wants you to. And so I definitely find that people come to me when like, it's at the end, like you're saying, where they're kind of like, I don't really know what else to do. And at that point they're looking at almost anything to help them discover about themselves. And, um, that's some of my absolute favorite because it, <clears throat> at the very beginning, it felt really pressurizing to me where I was like, oh shit, like, okay, someone's gone to therapist for multiple years and all of these things that are coming to me and I'm supposed to look at like where the stars are and help them. And then it became super obvious that that's like exactly what I'm supposed to do. And, um, it is so supportive. And I have one client in particular, she's been one of my longest clients and, um, what's cool about working with somebody for a long time is you get really involved with their birth chart and you know it really well. And then you see them in different periods of their lives and you support them through different periods of their lives. And so you know them differently and you like form this relationship with them. But when she started coming to me and, um, I gave her like her first birth chart reading, I remember her saying to me, like, I have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on different therapists and different coaches. And she was like, what just happened the last hour and a half was more supportive than any of that combined. And that, that was like such a defining moment for me that blew me away and really allowed me to see like the magnitude of this kind of work and 
um, what that means and people have access to it and people have access to knowing themselves on a more truthful and um, real level and they've had capacity for it before. And like you're saying, like just having that permission to be themselves. Yeah. And I think there's also, it's, there's something really interesting about kind of like the science behind astrology, because I feel like, you know, Ethan are huge advocates of therapy, but sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like there are situations where therapy just doesn't apply. Like if you have repressed emotions or like literal um, childhood trauma that you have actually blocked out of your memory, like how are you supposed to talk about those things when you can't even recall the details of them, you know, like that type of stuff. So I do think that this, this, um, type of um like self discovery practices need to be taken a little bit more seriously than they are in some circles mm-hmm. because we're only as aware as we can be before we have to seek out other ways of you know self awareness i don't know if that makes sense i said the word aware like 27 times but you get my drift right totally totally and it's it's again that idea of like <clears throat> you don't know what you're not aware of until you become aware of it. And so it takes seeking out different forms of like accessing yourself in order to bring those things into our awareness. And sometimes I'm totally with you guys. I'm such a fan of talk therapy. I think that therapy is incredible and probably everybody should be in therapy at some point. And also like, it's not always what's going to tap you into figuring out what's there. And sometimes like emotions literally get stored in our body and things are stored within us. And in those cases, talk therapy is not going to be the most supportive and like astrology is not going to be supportive. So you're going to see like a Reiki healer. You're going to do breath work or do something else to help you access those pieces. And I think that um, what we need to take more seriously is just that what resonates is different for everybody and like what you need isn't always the same. And so it's really a process of like listening to yourself and knowing yourself and then asking like what it is that you need and what, whatever is coming through. Like if you're doing inner child work, like what your inner child needs. And sometimes it's like play and dance that we need. Sometimes it's writing and meditation and like stillness, but it's always fluctuating. And I think that our task is just to like, listen to what that is and then give ourselves that permission to go for it. Mm. Yeah. So astrology aside, what are the tools that you personally use as part of your kind of like daily practices and rituals? You mentioned Reiki, you mentioned breath work, um, you know, like what are, what are your kind of mechanisms that you go to for different things? Definitely. So Reiki and meditation I use every day. Um, and breath work I use not quite as often, but pretty frequently. And, um, those have been like the most supportive for, again, like getting things out of my physical and like energetic body. And, um, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but when the healing process that I went on after my dad died was so deeply involved in like, like excavating all of the things from within me. Like I had so buried so many of the trauma and the emotions that had happened during that time that I didn't even know where to begin to like unravel it and to find it. And so journaling has been incredibly supportive for me always. And it's always one of my favorite practices, but then like really getting in touch with my body has been the biggest thing. So like I dance every single day and like now my boyfriend dances with me all the time and it's so much fun, but it just gets so much stuff out. Um, 
yoga has been so important for me and in its ability to like get me into my body and ground me and to connect me again, being in nature as a practice that's incredibly supportive. Um, and yeah, like it fluctuates just depending on what I need and what I'm feeling called to, but those are definitely the ones that are the most consistent for me. Love that. I'd love to hear like what, what practices are supportive for you guys, like what you guys are getting into right now. I love that you're flipping the tables on us. (laughs) For me, um, I was having a difficult time kind of like finding what made me happy. Like I do, I'm more of like an art, I'm not artistic, but I'm, I lean toward artistic stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I do, I do like graphic design and printing as like my real life. And then um, in the last few years I started teaching uh, spin classes. Oh, fun. So, but what I realized is like, I grew up doing musical theater. Mm. So it like, for me, like, it's almost like a performance. Like every time I'm out there where I'm like, all right, you got to go on. And now with this quarantine, since the gyms are all closed and I was telling Abby this before, um, she and I both use the Peloton app and they have a 45 minute Broadway run that I sw- I've been listening to. And, and I swear I've got jazz hands from Rutherford to Lynnhurst and back. Cause I, every day I've been listening to that and running to it. I didn't think I could run 45 minutes straight. But something about like that, like is so deeply rooted for me. And like, it just gives me such like a positive, motivating, like, I don't know, it's showtime or whatever the fuck it is. Yes. Like, and, and like, it just makes me go. I'm not, I was running with Abby the other day and I was like, I'm going to barf. A, she's like, has legs like a gazelle. And I'm like, every one of her steps is like 10 of mine. So I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to throw up, please. But then I'm like, I never run. And then I just, play this fucking Peloton list. And here I am running around town. It's crazy. That's amazing. I love you that identify so with much. the music. Yeah. Music is such a thing. Absolutely. So that's been, that's been my thing lately. Broadway run. So are you just like running to like lay Miz and rent? Like what's up? Yeah. So like they have, it's the same guided run every day. Like I get into, like, I'm, I have a very addictive personality. So like, if I like something, I'm going to wear it out until it's done. Totally. So, um, so yeah, it's just like it's there's a little rent in there. There's Dream Girls. Oh, um, nice. And they like they remix like some I love of the slower that. songs. Yeah, it's great. They got a little hairspray. I know. You're such a nerd. It's not it's like it's amazing. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ab? What are you doing? What do you do? I I am a um I, I don't mix it up. I'm like pretty much a creature of habit. Isa knows this. I like have my morning routine that does not change. I have my, you know, my supplements and my green drink and then my pre-workout and then I work out and then I have my coffee with CBD in it. Like that's my thing, my morning thing. It's been a little fucked up lately. Cause and now she's I have upset now and, and she's upset. She can't do it. her routine. Ugh. Um, but yeah, like I feel like the only time that I'm not, um, up here, like constantly is when I'm working out. Like that's the only Mm -hmm. thing that like shuts it down for me. And I typically gravitate because of that towards like a more intense workout. So like heavy lifts, like high intensity interval training, like lots of cardio, like that's just what shuts it down. And I do love Mm -hmm. yoga, but I, I'm, I don't, it's like something that I I consciously do. It's not something that I lean towards just unconsciously because it's, 
slower and it probably forces me to like be quiet up here, which is just not my, my instinct. Yeah. Um, but then me like, either. which is why I've realized like, really I so much. Totally, totally. I would have never, me either. Never gotten that from you. That, I am like so in my head, like cerebral up here all the time that like I so much like you, like if I'm not in my body and doing those things, like it's too much and I need something to like be in my body. And so I'm, I have asthma. So like running isn't always my Mm -hmm. thing, but like Mm -hmm. yoga is something that like forces me to be slow and in my body, which I love so much for that reason. And strong, slow and strong. Totally, totally. Well, now that I have so much more time on my end, hopefully I'll be doing both. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's just like what I've, I never was a worker outer ever until like a year after my son was born. So like three and a half years ago. And then all of a sudden just something clicked in me. And now I'm like, I have to force myself to take rest days because it's, you know, wow. otherwise it's like, that's amazing. I hope that that's what happens. It's like meditation. <laughs> yes. Well, listen, gain 65 pounds with when you're pregnant and then let's talk because I or was like, gain, this is insane. Or gain 65 pounds when you're not pregnant and just, right. you know, fit, gain, I got to find a way to get rid of it. <laughs> gain 65 pounds, either getting sober or getting pregnant. One of the two. Those are your options. Mm, mm. Then, you, then you can roll with this crowd. <laughs> um, I'll work on it. So, <laughs> um, no, I highly suggest not working on either one of those things. Um, actively going to work against it. It's okay. <laughs> um, so we like to end each episode with our version of Vogue's seventy-three questions. Are you familiar? Um, very lightly and very intrigued. I love that. <laughs> We're not doing 70, 73 questions. It's basically no. what they do is they just go to a celebrity's house and they like rapid fire 73 random as fuck questions at them. Totally. We do right. five. Okay. <laughs> okay so like, it. we're Let's not, we're not trying to be here all day. Um, we've taken up enough of your precious time. So, um, five questions. Are you ready? That's not a question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what what did you want to be when you grew up uh I wanted to be an animal rights activist (laughs) okay nice was a random and like really ethical kid really loved animals too okay stand up for what you believe in easy you want to do the next one or are you lost no I'm here if you were an ice cream flavor what flavor would you be and why Ooh, I would be mint chocolate chip because it's like a weird combination of things that some people really love, but other people kind of hate. I really love that you said mint chocolate chip. It's my favorite too. It's fucking weird that you said that because I was thinking that you would like I me too. I felt like like you were a mint chocolate chip. You guys get me. (laughs) thought of that flavor and and like that's weird that you said that and I love it I also think it's the prettiest ice cream you know what I mean oh oh yeah Um, it is it's like this nice beautiful green tone 100% although one time I was a bridesmaid the only time I was a bridesmaid and the dress was mint green with black trim and it was disgusting well Um, that's the thing you like want to eat the mint chocolate chip ice cream but you don't want to look like you don't want to look like it yeah totally good thing your friends Um, don't listen to this podcast (laughs) really i'm not friends with her anymore because i was um (laughs) because the mint chocolate chip dress i guess right it was all of it all of it who's your celebrity crush oh mm, um 
right now, I would say Timothy Chamelay is someone that I've like really oh. had a thing for lately. You are young to Google. I am, and he is younger than I, I am. And oh, really? I, yeah, and I like I don't know. There's something about him. Why does he spell his name Timothy with two E's? I don't know. I think that he's French, but I also think that like whatever he's like, Hollywood actors do for a stage name. Yeah, he's Hollywood. Oh my God, he's 11 years old. <laughs> he was so born little. in 1995. <laughs> um, what's the next one? Sorry, now I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, what's your bucket list vacation spot? Ooh, Morocco. Ooh, I've been, girl. You should go. Ooh. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, I'm going to have to ask you about all of the things. Once the, once the travel ban is lifted. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not funny. Seriously. I'm making a joke out of it because I'm uncomfortable. Okay, and our last and favorite question is, what is your vibe? Oh, love that question. My vibe is like, um, <clears throat> oh, this is good. I would say somebody told me this and it really stuck with me. So I'm going to keep it, but like adjust a little bit. Somebody told me that I'm like a postmodern hippie and I feel that, but I feel like I'm like a postmodern bohemian. Yeah. Mm, I, can I like that. that. Yeah. yeah. It's like this like new, new age intellectual version of like all is love and peace. But also <laughs> you're very, um, you're not in the air. You're very grounded about yeah, it. For sure. Mm, mm. <clears throat> Thank Which is, you. I think what, what makes you so good at what you do, because once you get too far up here, then people are like, what you're saying is not a thing. Right. Absolutely. Like speaking to you, you is say so like, I'm sorry, Abby. Um, no, like speaking to you has just been so easy mm-hmm. and, you know, like very open, like where it's just like three girlfriends, you know, <laughs> zooming together. Like that's it. It's so careful, really careful because soon it's going to be want to vibe with Issa, Abby and Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love it. I am down for <laughs> guest episodes. Yes. Well, I also want to thank you guys because I am open, but I could only do that if you guys hadn't already created this lovely open space. So it very much has to do with the relationship that you guys have and like how you invite other people into that. Yeah, It's been so easy. That means a lot. Thank you. That does mean a lot, especially coming from you because you know us better than we know ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tell everyone where they can find you, Caitlin. So my website is my first and last name, CaitlinGaring.com. And on social media, I'm at Kate Gare. So C-A-I-T-G-O-E-H-R. We will link in the show notes. And thank you so, so much for your time. Mm, Thank you guys so much for having me. It was such a blast. (laughs) 